Welcome to season two of V Love Hub, a podcast about life after 40. Or what to expect when you can no longer expect. I'm Ann Katari. And I'm Judy DeMello. In this series, we're chatting with experts and real people about their experiences in midlife and beyond. And we're actually live, so you can log on and ask them questions yourself. Check out our Instagram page or Facebook for all the details. So please join us live, and if you can't, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. We Love Hub. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of We Love Hub. We're so excited about today's guest because she is what's known as a female olderpreneur. Not that she's even that old. (laughs) She did launch a business in the later part of her life, and this is a growing demographic, women over 45 who are setting up their own enterprises. So this is a great topic, and we're very lucky to have with us today Jackie Moretsky, the founder and CEO of J-Game, which is a brand of not only some very cool-looking tennis clothing, but one that's made with sustainable fabrics and entirely in New York City. Game, set, match, Jackie. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. It's so great to um, be with you guys. And I just want to get this out in the open because I know everybody's wondering, have I gone through menopause yet? The answer is no. (laughs) Thank you for clearing that up. (laughs) Out out on the table. Are you in perimenopause or not even there yet? Um, You know, I mean, I'd love to have another long discussion about this. There's so little information um, about that. So every time I try and sort of research it and what's happening here, because, you know, I haven't got my period in a while. I really don't know, um, but I'm still pretty regular. Um, Okay. I'm still in the game. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I Oh, to be honest, um, but I'm so glad that you have your podcast because I know where to go to for this information because it seems like the only way we can really find out about this is through other women. Yes. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the medical community. Yes. Yes. Very yes, true. It's hard. So um, Judy and I actually met Jackie on the tennis court like many, many years ago because we're all avid tennis players. Then all of a sudden, boom, we hear Jackie launch a brand of tennis wear. Do you want to tell us, like, how did that came around? How did that happen? Sure. So, you know, I um, originally I'm not even from New York City. I live in New York City now, but I'm originally from Canada and I was brought to New York for my former career, which is I'm a meteorologist. So I got very, very lucky and NBC News found me actually many moons ago, many, many moons ago in Toronto and brought me to New York. And I had a thriving career um, in broadcasting and in atmospheric science. And then um, and it was early morning television, uh, which was uh, became very challenging while I was when I got married and had children. And this is what happens to um, women and many mothers that, you know, try and stay working. And then you have kids and it becomes very clear, especially in a city like New York, that one career sort of has to take over. If you want to also like be at home here and there to raise your kids. So I had to make a choice to take a break from my career, which I did. And I worked between pregnancies 
And then, you know, I sort of got very used to the life that I had, not working, but very much working in other ways as a wife and a mother. Um, I have a husband who's always on the road for his banking career. But through all of that, something was always missing. And I started really feeling that void more and more as I got into my 40s. And I knew that I missed earning my own money. Um, and I think it's very important women, you know, no matter what kind of relationship you're in, um, or if you're single, if you have kids, if you don't, that you have at least some financial independence, just so that you can always look out for yourself, no matter what happens. And that became very important to me when I had a daughter, really not as much when I had my son. But when I had my daughter, it really, really like it, you, it would keep me up at night that I just had to show her that um, she needed to make her own money. So um, basically, you know, my kids got a little bit older, I got them out of the baby phase. And I just got to a point where I realized everyone's okay. You know, the house isn't going to run as well as it does when I'm doing everything. But um, I have to take care of myself and I have to do something. And as you both know, I am in love with tennis. Um, I met some of my best friends and my most meaningful relationships on the tennis court. And even more important, importantly than that, it's, it's always been my therapy. Like everything's forgotten on the court. Um, and, you know, I've spoken to many people that have that kind of a relationship with a sport where the sport really is their therapy. And so it, it's always meant so much to me. So I decided that I wanted to do something within the tennis world. And then I have these very, very judgmental children growing up in this environment where all they care about, like ethics and the environment. So, you know, I really had no choice <laughs> but to do. That. I also happen to know a lot about the environment just because of my background in atmospheric science. So right, yeah. it was a no brainer to me to do something um, as sustainable as possible. We can talk a little bit more about sustainability after. But I also wanted to give something back to the city that gave me so much, New York. And so mm -hmm. the only way I was going to do this was if I could um, find a factory in one of the boroughs in New York City that could manufacture my clothes. And, and that's sort of the genesis of J-Game. Well, I think you've covered everything. So we're done. We're done with the Yeah, problem. I think. Yeah, yeah it's the whole story right there. Yeah. Um, but how, how old are your kids? I'm curious. So I'm um, sorry for the long-winded answer there. So my kids um, are, thir I have a 13-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter. Okay. And when did you start feeling like you had to do something for yourself? Like when did that all start bubbling so I had Rory, my son. I worked between pregnancies. Then I had my daughter. Really within the past five years, like once she was, you know, five or six years old. And it just wasn't enough for me what I was doing. I also, I'm sort of a racked by guilt kind of person. And I, I, I really felt like I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't the best role model for my children. And I don't mean that at all in a judgmental way, meaning all women should work, because I really don't think that's true at all. Um, there, there's honor in, in just about everything that the women do, um, and, and mostly in the home, because it's such thankless work. But um, I just felt like 
I could be a different type of role model for my kids. And I think that part of that comes from the fact that I was raised by a single mother who really, who really did everything. And I think about that all the time. And, and without mm-hmm. husband, that, that's an investment banker, which is what I have. Um, so without, you know, that, that underlying support all the time and without being able to take vacations. So I, I think that really contributed to um, me deciding that, that I had to do something sort of to honor that background and then mm-hmm. push mm-hmm. it forward and show my daughter, you know, from like generation to generation to generation, yeah. like that, that you should try and be financially independent. Yeah, it's great. I love that you still got your out, your out from your Canadian roots. <laughs> That's funny because um, I wasn't supposed to have it in broadcasting, but once in a while somebody will say that. Yeah, I love Canada. So let's talk about J game. Okay, first of all, you're wearing you're wearing a top. That's which is fabulous. I am wearing a. So this is um, the J game Navy Croc tank. I have right now two fabric distributors that I work with mm-hmm. and they're both great. And one thing that I want to talk about when we talk a little bit about fabric is that sustainability is very much a moving target. And I'm very transparent about that mm-hmm. on my website because this is made out of recycled polyester. So in terms of there, there's a, there are a lot of fabrics out there that are much more sustainable than recycled polyester, like hemp, organic cotton. However, in athletic wear, you need stretch. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I've been able to come up with um, to date is polyester. So what this is really made out of is it's known as RPET, and it's polyester made from uh, recycled single use plastic water bottles. So what happens is they take those water bottles from landfills, they melt them down and then they respin them into yarn. Mm. And there's different ways of looking at that. You know, the goal, right, is to not ever use single use plastic water bottles. It'd be much better if everyone used like the, you know, the, the water bottles that you wash and carry all the time. Mm-hmm. But my view is there's so much of it that exists in the atmosphere still. So let's just like use it and use it and use it and wither it all down until at least what we have is gone. Right. And it's not ideal, but it's really the best that we can do right now with what we have. You know, every year in the, um, uh, what's it called when the president addresses the nation of the state of the union, every single time in the state of the union, they'll say, we're bringing manufacturing back to America. And it actually hasn't happened. And I know firsthand because this fabric, although it, you know, I say it's sustainable and it's made from recycled polyester. Originally, the fabric still comes from overseas, from Asia. And that's because there are no mills left in the United States. So I'm telling you that just to say, like, again, it's not perfect. We're just trying to, like, keep moving in the right direction with sustainability. Obviously, if we had a mill you know, in the States, it would be better because it would cut down on carbon emissions. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a term, greenwashing is a term that you hear very often in the retail world because people want to know when you say it's made in New York City, you mean it's being assembled in New York City, it's being stitched in New York City, correct? Yeah. So you actually can't say, um, they're getting very strict about that. And I think that, that, the government should. I mean, most of this hasn't been legislated yet, but it's coming. 
Uh, it's definitely coming. And so I, you can't say made in New York City unless, or made in the USA unless the original fabric was spun, you know, like the yarn was actually created in the mm -hmm. United States. Got it. What you can say, as long as your garments are assembled in the United States is assembled or manufactured and mine are manufactured yeah. in the United States. Okay. So you said there's another um, fabric that you use. Is there another option for you? So all of the fabrics are a variation of recycled polyester. Um, I use two distributors. One is actually, um, they're amazing, and they've sort of gone through all of the certification processes so that I don't have to. So they're like a, a middle a middle person between the original source, wherever it comes from overseas and me. And so um, I can go to them and say, you know, I'm looking for um, this with this amount of stretch. I need something light for summer, something heavier for fall. Um, and I need to make sure that it has at least, um, all of my fabrics are at least made from 75 to 100% recycled plastic bottles. Have you had a lot of issues trying to source all the fabrics and putting it together. How long did it take you to like come up with the fabric for your line? So I went to, um, I started going to fabric shows all over the Northeast, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New York, um, and just, you know, in basically talking to uh, these vendors, fabric vendors at their kiosks. Um, so that didn't take very long. You know, the shows are great. But then I had to start ordering swatches and the difficult thing about using sustainable fabrics is I have to approach a collection from a backward standpoint. So a normal like fashion designer might say, okay, I'm inspired by like the Amazon and I'm going to use these beautiful hues of olive green and gold and whatever. And I'm going to create a collection from that. I can't do that because the sustainable fabrics, the colors and everything are so limited. So I have to first see what's available in terms of the in terms of the availability of colors and fabrics and then build a collection from that. Hmm. Wow. And does the fabric itself have any limitations to stitching design or whatever? I mean, do you have to put do you have to keep that in mind when you're designing? You know, you have to test everything. And not only with the factory, how it stitches, um, but it took me at least six months to really test these fabrics. I had to make sure that they worked with athletic wear, that the compression shorts could hold tennis balls, that um, they would wash properly, that they would dry properly, that the stretch wouldn't wear out. I mean, that all took a long time um, and it's just part of the process. So the factory, the relationship that I have with the factory is probably the most important relationship that I have in, in this business. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of the fact that I can, um, you know, drop in on this factory anytime. I see the ethical working conditions. I see whoever is sewing the garments, taking breaks, taking lunch. And, and I can sleep at night because of that. And to me, that's part of, it's not sustainability, but that's part of the ethical importance of my brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you have a team of employees now? What's your setup like? Um, <laughs> do you guys want a job? <laughs> Is it just, are you a one-woman show at this point? Yeah, it's a lot. So I am because, you know, I, um, I, I'm a bit of a lone wolf uh, myself. And, like, if my husband was here, he'd say, you're a control freak. But I just, I also wanted to learn how to do 
everything myself first, everything. I think that's so important when you're a business owner and founder, you just have to know how to do like every little thing except stitch the clothes. And so, you know, that's been fascinating. And I, I've always really liked projects. So now I'm at the point where I can, okay, I need help with marketing. I can hire a marketing expert. Um, I needed some help with PR. I can hire, you know, I, I hired someone for a short time. But I've really found, um, and it was actually a friend that said this to me, um, and tell me if you guys feel the same way, that the, the most important person really is you and, mm-hmm. and, you know, meaning the founder. And I also, I think this is relevant to what both of you are doing with V-Love Hub. I found that when you start something at this stage of life and at this age, I am constantly surprising myself with how much I know just because of life experience and um, the confidence to make decisions, which there's no way I would have had that confidence in my 30s. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm well into my 40s. Um, you know, I just wouldn't have confidence. Um, like I, I would be agonizing over these decisions and um, I'm a Libra too. So I'm like, oh, so there's so many rewards to doing something at this stage. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you're more confident you have I mean, your, your kids are still youngish so you still have a lot of responsibilities um Anne and i are empty nesters so, different kind yeah. of responsibility now like it's, it's emotional and um like wow you know the teenage thing and yeah but um but yeah. it's okay yeah wait until brain fog yeah. sets in <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's just like baby brain like you never get a break yeah that's true that's true that's true So, Jackie I've seen you in you've got so much press it's fantastic I mean it it just feels like you're you're everywhere which is exactly what anyone wants what about feedback on your clothing itself what's been the general feedback I, I make a point of reaching out I've reached out to almost every customer I really you know obviously friends, you know, that's very easy. I can just send them a text, you know, how's the fit, but other customers, I send them a note in um, the shipments or I reach out to them because I want to know because my name is on it, on this brand. So it's so important that everything is perfect. And the feedback has been very positive. Um, And I actually proactively, you know, I realized that there was one issue with the pattern of one of my garments and I corrected the pattern and like the next two days are really going to be about emailing every one of those customers that bought that particular um, item. And I'm going to one. So I guess I'm trying to get ahead of that, you know, petrified of having someone say oh my god like her you know this the skirt is terrible um yeah it's about your reputation you have to protect it and and i just i care so much like it's just it's got to be right and i'm i know the day will come when you know someone insults my stuff but i i launched in april and it just hasn't happened yet wow amazing do you have a lot of variations of styles because i know you're limited with your fabrics Right. How are you working around that? So I started with four styles only, um, a top, a dress, skirt, and compression shorts to match the dress. And the reason why I did that is really because I, I was still, you know, I still wanted to make sure that the fabrics were great. And even though I, I had tested them, I wanted to 
see what the customer said. You know, maybe like after playing tennis in these in these garments for um, you know five or six matches, they didn't work anymore. So that's really why I kept the um, number of styles down. Now I can branch out. Um, so I've got two new styles on the way: a new skirt and a new top. And I've spent the past three months really listening to what people want. And it really varies like across the country. It varies in age groups. I find that um, women 40 plus, they want to be more covered up because of the sun. So looking for long sleeves, but long sleeves have to be very, very light. So those fabrics are very challenging to find. And um, I I spent a lot of time in Miami and like people there want, you know, less fabric. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole other thing going on there. So you can't you can't appeal to everyone, and I, I'm not designing clothes, you know, based on what looks good on me. But I, I think I have a good sense of what works. Like you're not reinventing the wheel with tennis clothes. It's not haute couture, but I still want it to be sophisticated and simple enough that people can wear it over and over again, because that's part of sustainability. Like if the design is too over the top, it's not sustainable because you're going to get bored of it. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Right, it's true. Um, What about, uh, does the skirt come with the shorts attached? Yes, yes, the skirt always comes with the shorts attached. And then for every dress, I did a matching compression short. Okay. And who would you say your target audience is? So I always have my friends and the women I play tennis with in mind. Mm -hmm. So just because I'm around them so much, um, as you know. So I would say, you know, women from, I don't know, 30 on. um, I make sure that the skirts, you know, cover enough. Skirt length is probably the most challenging thing for me because I'm 5'10". Judy, you're taller than I am, I think, right? No, I'm 5'10 as well. Are you 5'10? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're 5'10. And so, you know, and then I've got all these, you know, all these people that are like five feet tall. It's very, very difficult. And many, many brands do two, two skirt lengths. They do a 13 inch and then either a 13 and a half or 14. So I'll get there because I think that's really important. I don't even remember what your question was. The question was about the target audience. Oh, yeah, the target like, are you audience. Appealing to slightly yeah, older so, women? You know, I guess if you could describe, like, my customer, um, she loves the game, wants to look good, cares about the environment, and um, and really that's it. Yeah, so any, anyone who loves tennis and loves loves cares about the environment and wants to look good while playing tennis or playing some good tennis. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and you know, one thing you, you mentioned something about the press. I, I have to tell you that, um, again, going back to what I was saying about the confidence at, at this stage and at this age, just to um, reach out to people. A lot of that press was generated just by me reading an article in a magazine or in the New York Times and um, DMing the writer and saying, oh, I you're like the sustainability writer for this magazine. Like, here's what I'm doing. Can I send you information about the brand? And I found that the press really liked to hear from founders. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. What about funding? Did you get, did you approach investors for your brand? I didn't approach investors. Um, I had some very conservative goals in mind that I quickly realized, um, you know, I, that, 
I was going to be spending a lot more than that. Fortunately, I, I, you know, I didn't have to go very far to find an investor, um, found one in my home. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm my biggest investor. So I, um, right. I'm hoping I don't have to do that, but I'm very, very conservative with what I'm doing. Very, you know, I'm, I, that's like an important part of the process for me. I'm trying to show my kids as much as possible about that process and budgets and this and that, like that's all part of it for me. Um, and I, you know, I really, really want to succeed and, um, succeeding is turning a profit at some point. Yeah. I, I have a good feeling about this, um, venture of yours. I think it will succeed. Um, but let me ask you what, uh, I was going to say that if you had one wish for J game, like, you know, somebody was going to grant you any wish in the world that could come true. What would that be for J game? What's your like dream come true? Probably to have my own mill. Oh, wow. In the country. Uh huh. Wow. City. Um, just to be able to take it as far as I could go mm -hmm. with, um, sustainability mm -hmm. because it's important. And I think that's the future. That's part of why I'm doing this. That's like really the first thing that came to mind. Interesting. I would have thought you would said Serena starts wearing jacket. <laughs> well, Serena, Serena's got her sister line. That's true. I was thinking more along, like I've used all the plastic bottles I've that's out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you caught me off guard with that when I have to think about it. But I think that um, it's made me really happy as much, you know, it's so much work. It's endless, but it changed my life. And because it changed my life, it changed my family's life. It made my marriage better. It made my relationship with my kids better because my relationship with myself is better. So if J Game continues to serve that purpose, I can't ask for any more. Yeah, fantastic. And where does, where do we find J game only online right now or other places? So, um, so it's online at, uh, jgamenyc.com. And I just got it into my first retail store, which is in East Hampton set point tennis. I'm really excited. Nice. About that. Yep. Um, like right back to where it all started. That's yeah. fantastic. Congratulations. That's Thanks. amazing. And your Instagram handle, the Instagram handle is at jgamenyc. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. This was really fantastic. And we wish you the best of luck with this venture of yours. I think it's so exciting. And I mean, it's a win-win for anyone, literally win-win for anyone on the, on the tennis court, right? I mean, who doesn't want to wear sustainable fabrics? It's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Um, it, it means the world to me to, to have the support of women. And I love chatting with both of you and bring your J game. Hub is produced by Judy DiMello and Ann Katari. We've got lots of great resources listed on our website, vlovehub.com. That's V-L-U-V-H-U-B.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts 
or wherever you download your pods.